everyone and welcome to another episode of HP Critical JRPG Club. This podcast is all about our progression through Final Fantasy X. Uh, we've started a JRPG Club over at HP Critical if you'd like to join. Of course, you can still be involved with it, but for now we're going to talk all about our uh, last month's entry. We did miss a little bit just due to, you know, world issues, etc. So uh, we, we progressed a little bit further this time, so we do have a lot to talk about. And this time I am joined by Job, Christy, and Brandon. Um, <laughs> do you guys want to say hi? <laughs> Hello. Hi, everyone. Hello, or- welcome back. Alright, um, so unfortunately today we're missing, you know, some new players and uh, some veteran people, but, you know, life happens, we gotta do what we gotta do, so we're just gonna continue on. First up, um, just gonna talk a little bit about everything that we went through, and then I'm just gonna get you guys' opinion on everything that we went through, and then we'll go from there. Um, so the okay. last time that we left off, actually, you know what, Brandon will probably do a better job at explaining what we went through than I would. Brandon, would you do the honors? <laughs> Uh, of course, of course. So basically, when we had first gotten started, uh, the month, not this last month, the month before that, um, we had started at Mian High Road, went from there, crossed that long road, you know, met a few characters here and there. But the main thing that we take from the high road is that we uh, took part in Operation Mihen, which is a big turning point in the story, because a lot of Crusaders die in that battle. We'll talk more about that in a second. But yeah, after Operation Mihen, we saw Seymour, got to fight alongside Seymour. That was interesting. And then from there, we went through uh, the moon flow, went to the Jose Temple, prayed, got our new summon, Ixion. Uh Then from there, we crossed a little more of the moon flow, finally reunited with Riku. We'll talk more about that as well as later. And, and then from there, went to Guado Salam, saw a bunch of stuff involving Seymour and the uh, Far Plane. And then following Guado Salam, we went on towards to the Thunder Plains. Um, not a whole lot happens there. Riku's super afraid of lightning. And then we got to Makalani Woods, and that is our we're cut off for this month. Yep, sounds really, really good. Okay, so I'm just going to go through everything uh, and stop and ask you guys' opinion about some things, and then we'll continue on. And of course, you know, feel free to interject in anything that you thought was interesting or that you want to speak up on from um, the Mihin High Road all the way to Makalania. This was actually a really big chunk. This is the first time we've ever done so much. Um, so I look forward to the conversation that this is going to spark. So first of all, on the Meehan High Road, the first thing I wanted to talk about is that we meet Belgamine, who is the second yes. summoner encounter um, in the game that we've seen, because the first one was uh, that bitch. Um, Donna. Thank you, Donna. Oh, my God, I forgot. <laughs> Donna. Yes, I want to talk so first... about their meeting uh, when we get there. I want to talk about their uh, the, the conversation with uh, Donna and Bartello and Jose, because it's, it's awesome. But continue. So uh, we see Bagamine, and um, we fight Bagamine, and let me just say that I was able to defeat her um, with one hit because I'm a bad bitch. Uh, (laughs) And we find out that she cannot or was not able to defeat Sin in the past. Um, We also get the calm explained to us a little bit, exactly what it is, which, um, do you want to explain what it is, actually? It is basically the period of peace that happens after Sin is defeated before he is reborn into the world. Yeah, so um, it, it's described as how Sin dies and is re- is reborn, and exactly as Job said, it is that um, period of uh, calm. That's why it's called of the calm. Um, where people can sleep in their beds without being afraid, even if it's for a short time. And uh, Yuna explains to Titus that Titus, 
excuse me, that that's exactly why um, the calm is so important, because it does give people a little bit of a respite. Um, so before I continue, what did you guys think about Belgamine? Um, I think the story used her in a very smart way, because she is the uh, like almost polar opposite of um, Donna. And it was really cool to have our second summon uh, experience, a uh, second summoner experience, be someone who is so humbled and someone who has apparently already encountered sin and failed. Um, but what do you guys think about her? If you had any thoughts, uh, I do. But I do have a quick question before I give my thoughts. Um, <clears throat> are we talking just about the first meeting her or our second meeting? Not a lot happened in the second one, but I'm just wondering if we could cover that as well. Um, I was talking about the first one, uh, just when we first meet her, but I mean, we can encompass both, of course, like first and second. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> I guess it's just a consequence of the, the fact that we kind of had like a pretty far goal these, uh, this month and a half, but, uh, yeah, we did encounter Belgamine twice. So she's kind of like a pseudo rival in a way, which I think is kind of neat. The fact is she functions more somewhat as kind of like a teacher type character as opposed to a rival, even though you do fight her multiple times. Uh, just just because she did fights and, and, as you said, failed. So she's trying to impart, you know, get Yuna ready for her inevitable showdown with Sin. So to that end, she challenges Yuna to these Aeon battles, which are pretty interesting. They're not required to win. In fact, I wasn't paying attention the first battle, so I did use the wrong move at one point. I lost as a result of it, which really got me mad because I know I could beat her. But I was like, I'm not going to do all this over again on stream, so I'll just, take the, I'll just eat the loss. I won the second time, though. But I think it's cool that she's out looking out for Yuna, unlike Donna, who's explicitly not looking out for Yuna, that she really actively wants Yuna to succeed. And, of course, Belgamina is voiced by Kree Summer, and that's freaking awesome. Yes, 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 she's amazing. Oh, yes. And that's pretty much all I have to say about Belgamina, for now, at least. Anybody else? I have nothing else to add. No, yeah. He pretty much covered it. That pretty much summoned? I know. She's like the (laughs) elegant Donna who is the mentor, and she's so much cooler than Donna. In like every way. Way cooler than Donna. Donna is in it for her own selfish gain. Yep. Um, so then we arrive at Operation Mihen. Um, and then we see Luzu, who says that even though um, they've rejected Yevin, they still believe in summoners. And we also meet Shalinda. I think actually before we get there, we meet Shalinda. She is a disciple of Yevin. Yes. And she attempts to stop everyone from using the forbidden machina, um, since it's strictly forbidden by the Yevin priesthood. Um, and on the way also, this is, uh, excuse me, this is on the way, um, this is actually on the Mihan High Road. This is still on the way to uh, uh, Operation Mihan. We haven't gotten there yet. Um, on the way, Lauren suggests resting at an Albed rest stop, and Waka opposes, saying that um, the Albed don't believe in Yevon and that they kidnapped Yuna. And Oren retorts with, "Where were her guardians?" Which I think is one of the best comebacks in the game. Yeah, because um, <laughs> I know it's definitely something that we talked about on the last podcast. How shitty of uh, uh, guardians we were yep. that we just let her get kidnapped. Um, and then we find out that Yuna, uh, Yuna and Titus have a, a conversation and we find out that Yuna just wants to live a good life. And Titus says that after you beat Sin, um, uh, after they defeat Sin, she'll be able to, um, live with him again and have a good life. Um, do we want to stop and talk a little bit about the Albed and Waka, um, right now? Or do you want to hold off on it? I think we should probably hold off on it. I'll, 
We should probably hold off, but I do yeah. just want to touch on that real, just real quick because we also meet Rin as well for yes. the first time. Yes, thank you. So Rin is the proprietor of the um, Albed establishments that are centered on Spira. She's a character we'll be seeing a few more times, and we did see a few more times in our playthrough. I mean, up from where we started to where we ended this month. So he's he's here to stay, and you know, while uh, Waka's definition of the Albed is clearly some of these vicious people that don't care about Yevon or anything at all. Rin is like the polar opposite of everything that Waka has said about the Albed, for sure. So, so I, so I really like Rin as a character, and I love that his very midway undermines Waka in that sense. Uh, that's all I'm going to say about it. We can touch on more on it later. You know, we actually also find out that Rin, um, Rin and Orin have a connection later on. Uh, because at, now we do, the, yes. at the rest stop in the Thunder Plains, uh, they have a conversation about how Rin saved Orin's life, apparently, or helped him when he was injured. I think that conversation that you're referencing is missable as well. Oh, because, yeah. Because, because he goes like, excuse me, is that Sir Orin there? Titus can say, no, wrong guy. Oh. If he says wrong guy, he doesn't even, that conversation doesn't even happen. Oh, wow. And, but here's the thing, though. It's a legitimate choice, too, because... The natural thing is like, oh, of course I'm going to tell him that it's 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 Orin because then you get that conversation. But if you tell him that it's not Orin, Orin actually appreciates that, and that ties into a late mechanic later. A late mechanic. mechanic. I did not know that. I Same. Already up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I did not know this. Yeah, I yeah. already messed up. Um, <laughs> when we get to Guadalajara, I'm going to talk a little more about that hidden mechanic that I'm referencing. But for but for now, let's continue. Okay. Uh, so something else we find out is that Yuna actually, on the way, questions whether using Machina is actually a bad thing. Um, and we see her have a little bit of internal reflection on. Uh, noticing that she's actually never questioned the religion of Yevon since she was a child, so I thought that was really interesting. Um, and then we also find out that the only way to beat Sin is through the Final Summon, which is what the pil pilgrimage is all about, and the face of the Final Summon is in Xanarkin, which um, Titus says that he will go to Xanarkin to see it with his own eyes at that point. Um, right. And then we we have the conversation with Rin, um, and he does mention to be careful when you speak the Albed language, um, which ties into the racism in the game against Albed. Um, and then we find out about the Crusaders. We found out that the Crusaders is a mission with uh, the Sin and the Albed. It's a collaboration. The Crusaders bring the Sin spawn and lure the Sin in, and the Albed destroy it with their Machina for Operation Mihen. Uh, so we continue on, and... The we find out that the ancient machina, which is as powerful as aeons, is what the crusaders use in the operation Mihen. Um, what they used rather, and it had caused them to be excommunicated. Um, and when we get there, we meet Seymour. He's there. He allows us to go through and. I think a couple of the party members, I'm sure Waka definitely is one of them, they question Seymour and his reasoning for being a part of the Operation Meehan. And uh, Mr. Seymour actually backs the Crusaders, and uh, Waka has a little bitch fit. Um, yeah, he does. Oh, but but, yes. but and he's And he's so nervous to have that bitch fit, too, because he respects Seymour and Yevon so much. Yep. But he's also just so mad that... A maester of Yevon, two maesters of Yevon, in fact, because Kenok is there as well, mm -hmm. is just like supporting this. Yep, not only supporting it, but it it's kind of like a little uh, view into real life as well. How people turn a blind eye to what they know is wrong. Seymour outright says, "You're right. I should stop this." And and then Waka's <laughs> like, 
kind of like, oh, why don't you? And then Seymour's just like, oh, just pretend I didn't say this. Pretend you didn't see that. You know, it's all for the good of spirit. Yeah, he literally says, pretend you didn't pretend you didn't see it, or pretend I didn't say that. It's like, oh my god. Yeah. And they're shocked when they hear him say that. It's a great moment. <laughs> like, pretend yeah. you didn't see it's it. Wonderful. I can't believe what you said. Pretend I didn't say Very it. Very powerful. <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> um, uh, uh, Waka asks why the maester is going against the teachings of Yevon, and Yuna does take a chance to intone and say that she actually also understands that the threat is bigger than religion and teachings. And I think that was also a really good look into Yuna. Uh, specifically being a summoner that is for the people. She knows also that this is wrong and this is against Yevon, but she's willing to also, you know, let it happen uh, just to attempt to defeat sin. For the greater good. Um, and and it's, it's really interesting because, you know, uh, Seymour and Yuna are both agreeing here, but they're doing it in very different ways, I think. Uh, so that, right. that uh, I think, was a really cool a really cool juxtaposition between two summoners who uh, want the same thing. They both technically, as far as we know, want uh, Spira to survive against sin. And they're both agreeing to do something that they shouldn't do, uh, but they both take different, different aspects in how they agree to do it. Um, we also find out a, a lovely little tidbit between um, Waka, Chapu, Luzu, and Lulu. Wow, those names. Ooh, yeah, that's a good one. Yep. <laughs> Lizu explains that he's the one who convinced Chapu, which is Waka's brother, to enlist, which ultimately resulted in his death. And Waka punches Luzu. And uh, we also find out that Lulu knew about Chapu um, and the decision this whole time. And that he once said that he would propose to Lulu. And one day he randomly just went off and became a crusader. And uh, Chapu said to Lulu... Um, which I think this is super sweet. He said, being with my uh, girl is good, but keeping Sin far away from her is better. And um, Yeah. Aw. Yeah. Uh, that was just like, damn, Chapu, why can't your brother be less shitty? <laughs> like, <laughs> why can't he be more like you? Uh, but I, I, that also gave us another look at, you know, Waka's character. We get to see him be a little uh, humble, but also upset. Um, yeah, like he punched the fuck out of Luzu. And Lulu said that she did too when she found out. Yep. Yes, yes, she she also said that as well. Um, then, uh, did anybody want to intone on that really quick before we move on? I have something to say, but, let, but I'll let you continue first because I want to specifically talk about Luzu in a second. I think you know what. Okay, so then also uh, Oren uh, tones in and he says, uh, let him go because he already chose his path and he's talking to Yuna and he says, like you did when you decided to become a summoner. And um, throughout the game so far, Oren has very much been on Yuna as in letting her know that she's made this decision and she has to go through with it. Especially um, yes. later on in our uh, very close to our stopping point now, he makes sure, honestly, he's like, do whatever you need to do as long as you're not going to stop your pilgrimage. Um, so th throughout this whole, the chapters that we've been playing, he's very much on her ass about making sure that um, she knows that she chose this destiny and she's going to have to go through with it no matter what. Uh, and we also find out that Chapa left the sword that Waka gave him in the Sade and fought with an Albed Machina instead. And that is why, uh, one of the reasons why Waka really does not like the Albed, because he blames them for uh, Chapu's death, for using the um, Machina that are forbidden now and it being um, a cause of the reason he's dead. 
Um, and then we get Master Seymour and Master Maester, I'm sorry, Maester Seymour and Maester Keenock at the command center. But um, I know you wanted to talk about Luzu a little bit, so please take this, take the, take the mic. Oh, what I was going to say about Luzu is what happens after the uh, operation. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Uh, okay, okay. Um, so I, I found out, I did not know this, but I found out that depending on who you talk to, one thing or the other happens thanks to me watching Brandon's stream. Uh, yep. But yeah, Mr. Seymour and Mr. Keenock are at the command center. Um, and uh, he says, I believe it was Mr. Keenock who says you uh, must stand on and watch as others fight. Um no, no, I believe it was Oren that talks to um, Keenock and he says um, that you're going to stand there and watch as others fight, or what did you choose to do? Um, but we find out that Master Keenock is one of the four Maester, Maester Keenock, excuse me, is one of the four Maesters who leads the warrior monks and he commands the Crusaders. So um, he knows exactly what's going to happen here because he's a Maester. He has allowed this to happen, even though it is against Yevon's teaching. So that is two Maesters of the four that are alive who have conspired to go against Yevon's teachings. Um, and Keenock, who is an asshole, does mention that the plan won't work and he knows that the plan won't work and um, we'll just let them dream a little longer is uh, what he says. Yeah. And mm -hmm. uh, even Oren at this point is confused as to how Maester Keenock has became a maester because apparently he's always been a piece of shit for his whole life. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I wanted to ask you guys, now that we know that two of the four maesters are approving of Operation Meehan, and one of them knows that everyone is going to die, and he's using this as a way to, uh, you know, and he's in charge of those people that are going to die, by the way. He's in charge of the Crusaders. Like, that is his, his sect um, and the warrior monks. Like, he's in charge of them. He knows they're going to die, and he's letting this go through with it. How fucked up is it that, mace, that the maester knows that this is going to be a massacre? Like, how do you guys feel about the uh, interaction between Maester Keenock and Maester Seymour. It's extremely effed up, to yeah. be honest. Yeah. Extremely. But also, I feel like that the Maester, he wants to kind of prove his point that the Machina, they're bad. And just to emphasize on that point. Yeah, yeah point I kind of get that impression, too. Yep. It's not even that they're bad. It's like, Makina's gonna be useless. Mm -hmm. And then he stands at the top of the battlefield, and uh, Maester Keenock says that being a maester has its perks. I can just sit back and watch, um, you know, as in sit back and watch as everyone dies, trying to make the world a better place. Um, and then, you know, everybody dies as sin uh, obliterates everyone. <laughs> it is a uh, very it's emotional. Rough. And horrible scene to watch. I mean, this is right after, you know, we've already had the the Sin Massacre at Kilika, and now we have this massacre on a grander scale. I know that we've all actually played the game. I remember when I rewatched this, you know, as I'm older, I was like, I did not remember that Sin literally just, like, Thanos snapped every fucking body. <laughs> like, it, right. It wasn't, it wasn't even, like, the first time we saw Sin cause mass destruction where he just caused, like, a major, like, um, typhoon and just obliterated Kilika that way. No, he just, like, I think that the attack has a specific name, which was revealed, like, very late in the game, but he used that attack and just, like, obliterated, like, almost all the Crusaders, and the rest just got swept away. It's like, oh. Yeah, it was, um, it was really another show of Sin's power. 
Um, I, I, like you said, we had seen it in Kilika, but this was on another scale. Like this was literally like people just turned into nothing as opposed to getting, you know, swept up. This was like, this is the real power of sin. It was very much how exactly are we ever going to, you know, attempt to defeat this thing? How did anyone before us, uh, defeat this thing? It, it was, it, you know, even though the Albed and the Crusaders joined forces to attempt to do something about it, there's literally absolutely nothing that anyone could have done at that point. Um, and it was a very, very emotional uh, situation to watch, especially because you know that the Maesters are sitting at the top watching as everyone dies. Um, and right after this, Oren confronts Kinok and he says uh, to him, are you satisfied? Those who turned from Yevon died while the faithful live on. And that comes back to what Christy mentioned, which is that they just want to make an example out of anyone who decides to defy Yevon. And, you know, there are, I'm sure, plenty of other ways to do that. They just decided to be assholes and let uh, people die um, in an attempt to do exactly that. Uh, and then, you know, our lovely, empathetic Yuna runs forward to attempt to do something. And Seymour tells her that she must stay strong for the people as a summoner. Um, she can't show her grief as she's, um, you know, really distraught over this. And he also stops her from uh, summoning at that point because he tells her she's not strong enough. And then he's disgusting. I know that I loved him in the last podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I know that. But I was he's waiting just, for this. He's just becoming worse and worse. Um, and then, you know, he gets slimy. Yeah. He does some very slimy shit. And, Zero to 100 already. And he, um, he tells Yuna to take him as her pillar of strength during this time. And I was like, bruh, you knew that all these people were going to die. You and that other maester let it happen. And now you want her to just like, you know, uh, suck up to you and, um, let you be the guy that's there for her after all this bullshit. So I was not happy with him. Seymour's getting on the bad list. And then that, that uh, fight where he's on your team is pretty cool, though. Yeah, I mean, he, it, has those, it, yeah. he has those second level oh. spells and he is fucking shit up. So. Yes. OPF. Yeah, he yeah. does. I'm going to I'm gonna ask you guys something that I'm going to assume the answer is no, but I'll ask it anyway. Did any of you get Seymour's limit in that fight? Oh, no. I did not. Damn. No. Yeah, it's, it's nothing special. His limit is literally called Requiem, and it's literally just the Ultima spell, which you get late game. Ah. Oh, wow. Which they did it because they didn't figure most people, like, with his power, you could just finish him out before you get the limit, which obviously all of us did. Yeah. But for those that were, like, really curious, they wanted to give him something, so it just didn't break the game. So they said, ah, give him Ultima. <laughs> and if you haven't already finished off uh, the Sin Spawn by that point, that finishes him off. So there you go. And then after this, at this point, um, with the Operation of Failure, the consensus with everyone becomes um, that you can't ignore the teachings of Yevon. And I think this is really, really important because this goes throughout the rest of our playthrough. Like after we leave this area and we move on and we go to the next temple, um, you know, the more that you talk to people, the more that you see that everyone is just like, this is what we deserve. It, 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 it very much becomes like these people are almost brainwashed to the religion of Yevon. And um, they are just like, you know what? We did this. We should have never done this. How dare we uh, turn from Yevon? Um, and it's, it is very interesting to watch a religion take over a people in that manner and to see the extent to which this plan played out for, for Maester Keenock and Maester Seymour. Um, did anybody want to say anything about that before I move on? Um, yeah, that all happens right after we see how generous our maesters are and are like, yeah, this is about to be a massacre for this reason. And then we get 
the exact opposite reaction. Yep. Yeah. <clears throat> so then Aaron tells Titus that uh, Sin is jacked um, again. So, you know, at this point, he's driving yeah. it home. Uh, for us players, okay, yeah, Sin is jacked. Um, and then he says that he came here for you, and he killed everyone so that you could see what Sin does. Also, you would want to kill him. And as long as he is Sin, Jack will keep killing, and he wants you to stop him. I don't know how you guys feel about that as of now. I know for me, it's like, okay, I get the point that um, Sin is Jekt, but uh, it's very interesting that, you know, Jekt and uh, Titus have this horrible relationship, and now he's just watching his father continuously massacre people just so that um, it will make Titus angry enough to want to kill his dad. I think it's a very interesting dynamic there. Mm -hmm. Not that he needs much encouragement. <laughs> true. Yeah. He already hates his old true. man. <laughs> and then um, Oren also asks him to not tell Yuna about the fact that Sin is checked, um, because she would distance herself from him, and apparently they don't want that. And uh -huh. there are situations when we move forward as well, in which, um, it, which we're getting to in the far plane, where uh, Titus looks for Jekt, and Jekt doesn't appear, because if Orn is correct, then Jekt is Sin. And um, it, without Yuna knowing at this moment, she's very much just like, oh, see, look, he's still alive somewhere. Don't worry, everything's fine. Uh, <laughs> she has no idea. He I love for Yuna for that, to be honest. I do, too. <laughs> you you said you like Yuna for that? I, I kind of do. I kind of don't. It. I go back and forth. <laughs> I like her purity. No, yeah, I, I, I like her purity as well. Like, yeah. it's, a, it's such a sweet moment. I was like, thank God that Titus learned to keep his mouth shut sometimes. Because <laughs> this is a very good reason as to why he should have. Well, thank goodness that he likes Yuna. Because I'm pretty yeah. sure if he didn't, he would have blown it ages ago. Fact. <laughs> he talks way too much, so yes. <laughs> Um, so then, uh, you know, we, we have people telling us that ignoring the teachings was a mistake and it's so entrenched in them and it's the worst way to punish non-believers. Um, and we make our way to, uh, Jose Temple, which only opens, um, it's a lightning mushroom rock, which only opens when a summer summoner is addressing the faith. And which means that by the time we get there, there is another summoner inside. And this is going to be the third summoner that we meet on our travels. And that is Isaru and his younger brother, Maroda. And Pase. Um, Isaru was influenced by Lord Braska, which is obviously Yuna's dad, and they make a friendly race with Yuna to see who defeats Sin first. Um, he tells them also that some summoners have been disappearing and to be careful. Um, I think this is also really cool because, you know, first we had the bitch that was Donna, and then we have the wise summoner who's already done this before. Belgamine, thank you. And now we have Isaru. Which is the, you know, friendly, like, we both Friendly want... rival. Hmm? The, the friendly fanboy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. friendly fanboy rival, yeah. Yeah, we both want the same thing. You know, let's let's race to see who gets it first. Um, and, you know, make sure you watch out because this and that has been happening. Uh, does anybody have anything they want to say about Isaru or anything so far before we continue on? I do, because um, uh, right before you get get to the temple, so we kind of pass it, but we were talking about the aftermath of Operation Meehan. Mm -hmm. That's where the thing I want to talk about with Luzu and Gata, if, if I can talk about that real Please, quick. yes. Okay, so I'm going to assume everyone here in this podcast, uh, Luzu died, right? Yes, for me, yeah. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. I was yeah. trying to do it the other way, but um, I don't know what happened. I missed it somehow. I missed the conversation. Yeah. Okay, so I'll just I'll just summarize it real quick for people who don't know. The Operation Meehan is the first time where you can have a major impact on characters in the story. So Luzu and Gata, up to this point, you've been seeing them travel around together. They're they're kind of like a duo. But yo, but people who saw it got to that cutscene remember that uh, Luzu is going to Gata, telling him to stay and guard the command center while he fights in the front lines. Mm-hmm. At that point, Gata Gata's not happy about that at all because he wanted to he he left Besaid specifically to fight Sin. He wanted to be part of the operation. Oren tells him that no, it's important to guard the command center too. That you have to follow the, if you want to distinguish yourself, you have to follow the orders you are given. But here's where you can alter shit. If you go to Gata after this conversation. You can talk to him twice, and both times you can make a decision. If you don't talk to him at all, or if at any point Tita says you need to guard the command center, he'll obey ultimately obey orders and not fight, and that results in Luzu's death. But if you go to Gata and talk to him twice, and both times say, yeah, you should be on the front lines, he disobeys orders and dies in the battle, and Luzu lives as a result. Which... I'm going to be completely honest with you guys. The very first time I played FF10, got to died because because oh, I because no. I, because I was very young and I thought he was being mistreated. So I was like, "No, go fight." And then I was like, "Oh, <laughs> no. No, got him. Why?" Damn. So wow. I saw, so I saw the scenes with Luzu that happens afterwards where Luzu is furious and uh, just so heartbroken about everything. Mm-hmm. And Waka even has a line to Luzu where he says, "Hey, Go back to the set, yeah. Get better, I, so I can punch you some more, yeah. I'm not yeah. done with you. Like it's 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 Waka's way of comforting Luzu, trying to like, hey, you you got to be strong for him. In, in other words, so <laughs> yeah, hardly anyone gets that because, like I said, you have to go to him specifically and say that twice. If you falter you once, or if you don't talk to God at all, you'll just get the default, which is Luzu dying in the battle. So I guess that's the canon way that goes. Mm-hmm. But I think that's interesting. So yeah. At the Jose Temple, we're gonna getting back to the present. You do encounter Gata again, and he just tells you that he's uh going back to Besaid now. So he doesn't appear anymore in the story. Gata, like that's it. Even if Luzu lives, he also doesn't appear anymore in the story. This is pretty much the ending of the Luzu and Gata arc, regardless of who lives or dies. Oh wow! Yeah. Rip. So <laughs> demoralized. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Uh, so then yeah, we're in the temple, you know, we meet Isaru, and then, of course, as we go inside the temple, Bartolo is there with Donna. Oh, yes. And yes. he admits <laughs> that um, Sir Oren is the reason that he became a guardian, and he has to shake yes. his hand, and he thanks him for everything he's done, and I just thought, yes, Donna, you stupid bitch. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like they all get her after that moment. The best, like the best redeeming moment with having Sir Oren there. Um, and then you know D- Donna comes at Yuna and she's like, "Everything you got comes from your father." Um, and Yuna says, "Try," um, and she says, "Try standing on your own two legs for once. Your guardians won't be able to te- protect you when the time comes." Um, and a lot of this is alluding to whatever's going to happen at this uh, final summon. Um, and then they continue on, and they reach the moon flow after that. Uh, of course, we get Ixion, the uh, electric horse baby, which I'm pretty sure this is the only game that he's in, I believe. I think we talked about it. I think he comes in more after this, but this is definitely the first time he's a summon. Yeah. Wait, what else is he in? Oh, shoot. I, I don't know. There's like I, I want to say he's like in one of the spinoffs as a summon as well. 
But this I, was like the first time he appeared like uh, as a summon in like any kind of Final Fantasy yeah, game. I kind of feel the same, but I'm blanking as well. I'm pretty sure he appears somewhere else, but this is for sure first appearance. I just I'm blanking. I think you're all wrong. This is his only appearance. You're all wrong. <laughs> <laughs> okay, comments, commenters, fact check us. Get yes, please wrong. fact check us. <laughs> um, anyway, so they continue on to reach the moon flow. Um, if you talk to the guy at the the port area, he does at the platform. He does mention that Machina are not against Yevon; they're endorsed by Yevon, and that Yevon has taught us when humans have power, they seek to use it. And Yevon decides which Machina can and cannot be used. So I thought that this was super interesting because everyone has been preaching, "I'll better horrible. You can't use Machina. Machina are really bad." And then here comes this guy that's like, "Well, technically." Yevon says <laughs> that you can use some Machina because we're about to use this Machina to get you on this damn shoe puff. And, uh, we, and Yevon gets to decide which Machina are usable and which aren't. And so this was, um, I think, a really, uh, really awesome parallel to real life when, you know, people try to interpret religion in their own way. Um, where <laughs> one person true. will read a religious text and say it means something, and then another person will re- read the same religious text and say that it means something else. And um, it's a lot of picking and choosing. It's not all Machina that are bad. It's just the ones that we decide that Yevin said are bad. Um, and I thought that was a really, really interesting point to add to the story. Uh, I don't know if anybody else wanted to jump in on that. Yep, totally agree. Uh, I agree. Mm-hmm. Pick and choose whatever's convenient for me at the time. Yep. Yep. And then we find out a little bit of history about uh, the Machina during the war a thousand years ago. The Machina that was made was feared, um, and it was it was feared because it was able to destroy the world. Uh, it was feared that it would be able to destroy the world, excuse me. Um, and then the war ended, and that's when sin came about, um, and the reward for the war was sin. Of course, we get this from Lulu. Miss knows it all, which is amazing. Um, <laughs> and oh, I love that about Lulu. Yeah. Then um, there was an attempted kidnap as Yuna is uh, grabbed overboard and taken by a Machina, of course, of all things. And then, of course, the game forces us to play with Waka, (laughs) which I just love playing with Waka so much. Um, So, yeah, it it forces us to play with uh, Waka and Titus, Titus, and uh, we have to rescue the stolen Yuna. And we find out once we reach the shore that it was Riku who was in the uh, Machina. And they are attempting to... Do we find out why they're stealing summoners? Did they explain it yet? No, they did not explain it. Okay, not yet. Not yet. So it was just very much like, oh, yeah, you know, we're just doing this thing, but don't worry, we're just trying to protect them. And that was that. <laughs> and then um, uh, Titus is just like, hey, guys, remember that album? Because he's dumb. <laughs> I love that. Where he's like, he sees an album. <laughs> yep, because he's an idiot. And, <laughs> of course, Waka, who is also dumb, doesn't even catch on, so it all works out. The two idiots. <laughs> um, exactly. And- Okay, I, I want to speak on this real quick. Mm-hmm. I adore the fact that Waka gets along with Riku at first. Yes, like, so much so. Before he learns what she is, he is just so cool with her. I love, I absolutely love that. That despite everything he has been saying up to this point, that he doesn't, he doesn't realize what Riku is, and he's just so cool with her. Yeah, like it's, it says a lot. Like it's a, it's a, it's a. It's a Statement, not just the story, but just like real life as well. Yep. Exactly. We, um, uh, you know, when we get that scene and um, when we see Thousand Year Old Xanarkin with Seymour 
and we see uh, Riku and Waka. I don't know if you guys noticed, but those two are literally acting exactly the same. Like, they're both acting like little kids. Um, they're yeah. just so fascinated by this. And uh, they're very much friends, you know? He just takes her He just takes her in, and he's like, oh, yeah, cool, another another summoner member. And literally everyone, even, even Oren is like, you know, let me see your eyes. Everyone else is in on the situation. Well, literally everyone. 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 And here's just Waka, like, hey, everything's cool. Um, so then we get Riku to join, and we reach Guadalajara, and that was our original stopping point. Um, but we did go a little bit further because we weren't able to meet up, and you know things happened um, in the world that prevented us from uh, meeting up at the time. So we did go a little bit further, as we mentioned in the beginning. We went all the way to Makalania Woods. Is it Makalania Woods or just Makalania? Makalania Woods is where we ended. All right, yeah. perfect. Um, so then we arrive at Guadalajara and we meet Trommel, who informs us that Seymour would like Yuna's presence. We are shown then the uh, Xanarkin from a thousand years ago, as I mentioned before, and we're introduced to a new character, Unaleska, who we, who we have not seen before. And um, Seymour does mention that Unaleska, uh, Yuna gets her namesake from Unaleska, and Yuna's like, well, my dad named me... Um, I don't know if that means that it was from her or not, uh, but Seymour yeah, also does mention that that puts a lot of responsibility on her. We also meet a lot of Guado at this time, um, and we find out that they have just begun to learn the teachings of Yevon because they hadn't had it before. So this is uh, fairly new to them, and we also find out that Seymour is, uh, well, we already knew, but uh, Seymour is half Guado, half human. And he is the person that is supposed to bring these races together. Um, did anyone want to say anything about Unaleska or, you know, Xanark in a thousand years ago or anything? I'm wondering how Titus, like, I don't know if they explicitly said, I forgot, but I, I don't know how Titus explicitly feels about um, seeing Xanarkin. To the, all the other party, this is Xanarkin a thousand years ago. What it looked like, the great Machina city. Yeah. Whereas Titus is seeing it and it's like, he must be, it, it, it looks exactly like how it was when he, before he left in the beginning of the game. So I just wonder how Titus was feeling seeing all that. Yeah. It was, as a, like, as a, a memory, but he, he re literally remembers being there. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I mean, at this point, how long has he been with them? A few days, right? Maybe a week. Yeah, it's been a few days by this point, maybe more. Yeah. Time Damn, really? Time -wise, these kind of it's things. only been a few days. They've already witnessed like, multiple catastrophes and all this summon <laughs> stuff and it might have been like, like a, a few days or a week i feel like, like i might give I them a like month that. for travel and stuff i'll say <laughs> i'll say they've had like a month together at this point um but sure. yeah it still hasn't been that long since he's been from you know xanarkin so yeah the memory should definitely Ooh, still be yeah. like fresh yes mm -hmm. um and then we move on where actually wait i think there was something that I wanted to mention. Did you talk about the far, or is that after we're after the Xanarkin part bit, the far plane stuff? No, I think it was. It's after the Xanarkin bit. No, Xanarkin far plane was uh, after Xanarkin. Because she goes to the far plane to think ah, on true, 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 what true, happens true. there. Yes. Oh so yeah. Then, what what did she have to think about, Jarrell? Yeah. So then, um, <laughs> 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 thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, so then Seymour, being the creep that he is, decides to whisper in her ear, and of course we aren't exactly privy to exactly what this means yet, and then Yuna takes the biggest gulp of water of her life, and <laughs> yeah. uh, she walks over, and she she's is so just... so flustered, it's actually kind of adorable. <laughs> it, yeah, no, she's, she's just, it's, it's uh, super cute, and, uh, except for it's not 
nod because then she's like, he, he's asked me to uh, marry The reaction is adorable. The context is not. Yes. <laughs> and that's when we find out that Seymour the Creep has asked, you know, to marry him to give the people of Spira a lovely little respite from all the horrible things that are happening in the world due to sin. And um, Yuna is really conflicted because, you know, the empathetic part of her who just wants the world to be happy is ready to say yes to Seymour. But then the other part of her that knows that she needs to go on this pilgrimage and finish this. And um, the part that probably wants to marry for love instead of creepness uh, definitely is uh, <laughs> looking at a no. Um, so unfortunately, she's undecided in the beginning. And that's when they decide to go to visit the far plane. Uh, and of course, we get the explanation of the far plane and the fireflies, which uh, if anyone wants to hop in and explain those um, better than me. Yeah, uh, so fireflies are basically more or less the essence of someone's soul when they when they leave a body or a fiend. It's actually explained by we kind of didn't mention this character at all because he's not that important. But on the Meehan High Realm, we also are introduced to Machin, who's like a wandering. He's a he's a wanderer that basically is like looking to get information on Spira. You can talk to him from time to time as you're traveling, and he gives you like lore basically. If you want a little extra lore about the world of Spira, Machin gives that to you. And he actually explains the pirate flies a little bit before um, before they touch on a little bit on the far plane. And yeah, just basically they're just like they're the souls that are trying to head to the far plane is what the pirate flies are. So anytime, anytime, if you've wondered if you're playing FF10 with us, what those weird things coming out of the fiends' bodies are when you kill them, those are the pirate flies of the people that they once were uh, finally being sent to the far plane, essentially. Also, Machen is like so weird <laughs> i like his okay his, his voice is weird but it's also weirdly soothing no 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 i don't mean his voice i mean the fact that his ass is this just old ass man that just is traveling everywhere like go sit down somewhere by himself like all alone like where there are fiends everywhere he must be secretly really strong he has to be i remember um when i was going through the 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 thunder planes i was like why the fuck is he out here in the middle of the thunder planes like dude like deep deep in there please like go like like deep in the thunder planes yes like Uh please dude go go somewhere else like don't be here (laughs) like like as teed as i can't I could barely dodge the stupid lightning. Oh my god. I, oh my god. I don't know what this timing is. It's ridiculous. Yeah, fun fact I dodged a whole one lightning. My whole road. <laughs> it was trash. I dodged the whole two lightning, so I'm not that much better off. <laughs> it was trash. You know what happened? Every time I every time I ended a battle and went into the menu, literally every time I came out of the menu, lightning would strike. Oh my god, yes. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't even get a chance to block it because I just got out right of the after menu. A battle. You just finished, you know, checking your level ups and all that. Boom. What? Come yep. on. Every <laughs> single time. Uh, Every single time. Okay, I'm sorry. Uh, this is a, this is cutting ahead, but we're on the subject. I'm going to say this now. I hate the Thunder Planes, man. It is my least favorite part of going through any kind of FF10 playthrough. <laughs> uh, like, I soup despise it. It made me mad. It makes me mad. Uh, and there's so many there's so many side quests in that area, but I, I've never done that because I can't stand that. Nobody place. looks forward like, to that. The uh, freaking is the reason why I still haven't gotten Lulu's ultimate weapon at, at all in my original playthrough. Yeah. Isn't her weapon is the one that's tied with the Thunder Plane? Uh, yeah. I think it was Tari's actually. No, uh, it's it is Lulu's. No, Christy got it. <laughs> but Everybody doesn't Timari get something too? He gets his. I don't believe so. He gets his celestial weapon there. 
Celestial. Okay, that's what I was thinking of. Yeah, yeah. Okay, Man, cool, cool. there were too many freaking um, spawns in the freaking Thunder Plane. Yeah. Oh Literally every that's two steps, I'm finding something else. Yeah. If I, I ever on. attempt Thunder Planes for, no, for, for a side quest, I'm putting on no encounters when I get it. 100%. 100%. Um, anyway, yeah. so uh, they decide to go into the far plane. Uh, and uh, as I don't know if we, I mentioned before, but the far plane is a place where you can, where the fireflies uh, come together to show you the memory of loved ones that you think about. And Yuna uses this time to go speak to her mom and dad. And uh, Waka uses this time to speak to Chapu. And Kimari's just standing guard. Um, <laughs> Oren does not go in. And um, it, it's very interesting because Seymour actually, after uh, before they go into the far plane, turns to Oren and he asks him why he's still here, saying that the Guado have a keen scent for the far plane. And uh, then, of course, we we see a little bit later on. I'm jumping ahead a little bit, um, but Lord Jiskel, who is the father of Seymour, who was also uh, deceased at this point. Uh, somehow the fireflies of him or his soul or something, I don't know, someone can explain it better to me, uh, comes out of the far plane and the dead are not meant to leave the far plane. So this is a very serious thing that happens here in the middle of this game. And while this is happening, Oren is also being affected by uh, the fireflies or the far plane or something. Um, so not sure exactly what's happening to Oren, but somehow he is tied to death and the far plane and fireflies. And um, and uh, it seems as if Seymour notices that. Um, so that's definitely something I'm looking forward to learning a little bit more about. Like, is Oren really here? Like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> because <laughs> um, I don't know so uh, I'm excited to see what happens there but uh, Yuna talks to her parents and then she mentions to Titus to talk to his father and as I mentioned earlier his father does not show up and you know the innocent Yuna's like oh he's still alive somewhere yay um, <laughs> and then you know uh, Seymour definitely piles on a little bit about um, Yuna marrying him saying that they can uh, overcome the barriers of race and Mary in the name of Yevon. Actually, that might have been Lulu. I'm not sure. I'm yeah, not it was Lulu. Sure. Okay, Lulu. Yeah, so um, once they have that 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 situation in which Lord Jiskel comes out of the, the far plane, Yuna has to send him um, so that he doesn't stay here. And he drops a little something at her feet. And at the moment, we aren't sure what it is yet. And then we have a lovely conversation about love with Lulu. And I found out that apparently you can also have this conversation with Riku. Um, but I'm pretty yep. sure all of us had it with Lulu. Yeah. I yes. Because yeah. it's way easier to get it with Lulu than it is with Riku. And I'll touch on that in a second once we talk about the love conversation. Ah, so um, Lulu does mention that, you know, love is not necessarily uh, needed for marriage. Uh, and that, you know, Yuna has uh, uh, very important things coming up ahead of her. And uh, for her, it's very much just two different ways to get to the same effect, which is making sure that the people of spirit are happy. And then uh, she turns around later on and says, you know, if she were to marry, I would love it if she could marry for love. But if she were to marry for love, I would not allow her to marry the one that she is in love with. And at that point, I'm just like, yeah, Lulu knows that that uh, uh, Yuna is in love with Titus and uh, he loves her too. So look at <laughs> Lulu being all perceptive and shit. Objection. Especially after, the conver especially after the choice that you get when Lulu says a certain thing. Yes. Um, so do you want to tell us a little bit about that? 
Sure, I'll, I'll touch on it now. So, after right after all this is said and done, Lulu goes to Titus and says, I, I probably shouldn't have to say this, but don't fall in love with her. And Titus, you have three choices. You can either say, okay, second choice is too late, or three is, uh, you're more my type, Lulu. And so, the very fact that you can have this conversation with Lulu or Riku, and that those second and third choices is all tied into a hidden mechanic in this game, which is like a hidden affection t- table, which I only learned about it because I found out that the, because right before I had done the stream of this um, our checkpoint for this month, I had seen pictures of a line of having the same conversation but with Riku. I'm like, wait, how do you get the Riku conversation? I was trying, Darrell, you may know because I was doing a stream. I was desperately trying to get Riku, and I was just like, nope, it was only with Lulu. Then I looked yes. it up and I found out this entire rabbit hole of this hidden affection mechanic. Not um, not not uh, too much different from the actual one that's an FF7 remake as well with Tifa and Aerith. You know. So basically, and how? Barrett. Yeah, yeah. Well, Barrett, yeah, poor Barrett. Like you only get you only get Barrett <laughs> to just ignore the other two at all. I tried to do uh, it because I saw you do it, but I did the exact same thing you did on stream and got Lulu. <laughs> yeah. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. If you, if you get to Guado Salam, there's not too much you can do to change yourself from the Lulu path. Because here's how the uh, <clears throat> certain decisions in the game you make up to this point, such as, hey, remember that boat where Waka and Lulu were having that conversation? If you ignore that conversation entirely, you don't get affinity with either of them. But if you do, you get affinity with both of them. Or, or if you're all your parties together, the first one you talk to is apparently who you get more affinity with. If you heal, if as Titus, you heal a party member, you get affinity with them. So there's all these like little hidden mechanics, like uh, just who you talk to first, heal other conversations that you've been in the game that will just raise that affinity meter. And basically, if you've done with everything that you can at that point, like you didn't miss any like missable conversations, there's almost no way you're not going to get Lulu unless you just healed Riku a lot up to Guado Salam. So it's really hard to get Riku in that conversation. But this is one of the first times where it's affected. You can either talk with Lulu or Riku in Guado Salam, depending on who you have a higher affinity with at that point. There's other... Parts that will come later in the game where that will be affected as well. And you'll have more party member decisions besides just those two. But for the first two, just between Lulu and Riku. And, of course, that choice right there. Um, okay, you're more my type, Lulu, or it's too late. That, of course, is affection as well. If you say you're more my, more my type, Lulu, then that's points raised for Lulu. If you say too late, then that's points raised to Yuna. If you say okay, then it's just neutral. But you can do that same thing with Riku as well, if you got that conversation, because I, I looked it up. You can flirt with Riku to get more points of her, Yuna, or just neutral. So that's all that is. Hidden affection mechanic. By the time you get to the next checkpoint, there's going to be another scene that's, that's dependent on that. And I'm very interested in us talking about that as well. By the time we get to the checkpoint in Makalani? Um... I'm a, by the time we get to the next, our next stopping point for the oh, month, okay. we're gonna get, we're here for sure going to get to another scene that's dependent on the affinity. I see, I see, I see. Yeah, and I'll um, touch on that uh, later when we when we get when we talk about that when we get there. And with the uh, uh, one tidbit that I forgot, with Lord Jisco's return, um, they do mention that uh, one of the reasons that someone could return in that manner is because they died an unclean death. So, right. don't know exactly what that means yet, but we do know that somehow Lord Jiskel has uh, died an unclean death. So I'm sure we're going to figure out what the fuck happened to Seymour's daddy later on. Mm-hmm. Um, and then after that, we find out that Seymour has left and gone to Makalania, and 
Yuna um, is really conflicted about this decision that she has to make. We go through the Thunder Plains next. Uh, we did talk a little bit about the Thunder Plains, but this is where um, poor Riku, poor fucking Riku, like she Oh, is poor Riku. I felt so bad for her. Same. She is deathly afraid of Thunder, and we just have to, you know, uh, take her through the entire Thunder Plains to get to Makalani. And we find out that it's because... When she was younger, her brother used magic to try to defeat a fiend, and uh, he hit her with the thunder, the lightning magic instead of um, instead of uh, the fiend. The fiend. And um, she's been deathly afraid ever since. And that's also where we get that conversation with Rin um, to Orin about uh, their past and him being uh, injured. Um, does anything else happen in that area? Oh, uh, we, we also talked to Machen. Tidus. Bumps, kind of bumps into Yuna as she's listening to the spear that Jisco dropped. Oh yeah, I was getting there. Um, mm-hmm. We bumped into Macon and he tells us the invention of the uh, the uh, thunder plane uh, conductors and apparently that guy who made him died when he got struck by thunder, so look at that. Which shit. I thought was hilarious. <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> ah, that the irony. That's trash. Poor man. <laughs> um, and then we stop at the inn to give Riku a moment's respite and... Um, then Titus, as we mentioned, makes his way into the room where Yuna's staying. He fumbles himself inside, and he sees Yuna watching the spear that fell from Lord Jiskel. And um, after that, she's made her decision. We walk out through the Thunder Plains again, and she talks about how she is going to uh, marry Seymour, because she's finally decided that she's going to marry him. And um, she doesn't specify why, but there is speculation within the party that... Um, it's most likely because there is something that Yuna wants in return that she's going to get and that she's probably meddling in with whatever information she's found out from this spear with Lord Jiskel that she does not share with the party. Um, so I thought this was really, really interesting as a player to see Yuna in a position in which she won't even share what's happening with her guardians, some of whom she's known when she was a child. So this must be something that is super freaking confidential and important to the story. Um, especially because it has to deal with Seymour and his father in the Guado. Um, and the fact that Lord Jiskel died or was dead um, with some form of unclean death came through the far plane to drop this off. Um, so this definitely is going to have some significance and the tension from whatever happens is ramping up. Uh, so much so that Yuna has agreed to marry the creep just to um, hopefully come out better for it on the other end with whatever um, deal she plans on making with Seymour. I don't know if anybody wants to talk a little bit about that. Nothing right now. Yeah, I'm not at this current point in time. Um, and then that's pretty much it, because after that conversation, we make our way to uh, Makalania, in which this conversation is had. And that is our current stopping point um, before we move on. Uh, does anyone have any final comments on anything from the Miha High Road all the way up to Makalania? <laughs> I have one yeah. curiosity, actually. Oh, go ahead. You, you first. My curiosity is after the operation, when Oren was talking to Titus and telling him, like, oh, you know, Sin is jacked. He wants you to be the one to end him because of this and that, whatever reasons Oren gave. I'm like, how do you know that, Oren? Like, do you keep tabs? <laughs> do you talk to Sin to know these reasons? Can you elaborate? 
Facts. What the fuck you are telling me to do? <laughs> like, yeah, he, but, that's your dad. He wants you to like, kill him. Go it ahead, does bro. Seem like Oren can talk to Sin to some degree because, <clears throat> and this is something I'm fuzzy on, so this is not a spoiler. It's just my speculation. Um, at the very beginning of the game, right before they leave Zanakin, Oren looks up at what it, what's apparently Sin and says, "You're sure." So it seems he does. Oh my gosh, have some you're right. Of, <laughs> it does, it does happen to some degree. I never thought about that, Brandon. You so wow, you're so perceptive. He literally does. <laughs> I didn't think about that until the, until Joe mentioned. It. I was like, wait a minute, can he talk to him? I was like, wait, he did. Oh, though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's been talking to his ass this whole time. He could have told him not to kill everybody. Like, come on, bro. <laughs> <Right> <laughs> what? Who's the uh, real villain, Orange? I actually never linked that good shit, Brandon. But I still, yeah, yeah, that doesn't Jack, give me answers, Jack, though. Jack might have called Arn his shelf and was like, yo, I'm going to hit up uh, me and High Road. <laughs> He's like, <"Bet." laughs> Right? Make sure my son is there. <laughs> Make sure he's there. Want him to see me be an asshole. <laughs> um, but you wanted to, you wanted to bring up something as well, Brandon? Yeah, this is nothing, this is nothing as insightful as what Joe Pinch. And this is just a funny little thing that I they think the localization team must have put in the English version of the game because I cannot see this being in the original Japanese. When <clears throat> before they get to the Thunder Plains, um, Tina says, "Hey, we're going to the Macarena Temple, right?" Oh my gosh! <laughs> and, and then Walker and then Walker says, "Macalaria," and then Tina responds, "All right." <laughs> That was great. I was like, there is no way this was in the original Japanese. <laughs> and that is such a reference you put in 2002. Like, I died when I got there in the street because I completely forgot that was a joke that they added. And was like, God, <laughs> yeah, no, that was definitely a top tier localization team. Good job. Good shit. Good shit. Yeah, You're still job, laughing man. about it in 2020. Good job, 2002, square sop. Localization team. Facts. <laughs> Were they not Square Enix by then? Not yet. They were still Square Soft. I think 2003 was the first Square Enix year. Ah, yep. okay, okay. Damn, y'all, we old as fuck. Jeez. Don't remind me. I'm sorry. <laughs> wow, that's crazy. So long ago. Anyway, um, so yeah, that's where we have stopped so far. Um, I don't know where the next stopping point is going to be. Uh, but please look out on our socials so we can update you as to where we're going to stop next. I'm sure Brandon knows more than I do. Um, so we'll definitely get that information we'll out. Huh? I said I got an idea. We'll talk about it. Oh, there we go. Um, so thank you guys for having this conversation with me. We went all the way from the Meehan High Road up to Makalania Woods. And I can't wait because things are getting more and more invested uh, and more interesting as we go along with this uh, upcoming wedding, apparently, and whatever the fuck just called gave Yuna and you know Yuna's keeping secrets and um Makalania Woods is gorgeous and I'm just ready to explore it with um our new party member if I'm not mistaken now we have all the party members we got all seven seven damn that's a lot of these (laughs) (laughs) jeez I only I only use like five um But yeah, that's going to be it for this episode of uh, JRPG Club number three as we go through Final Fantasy X. As I mentioned, please be sure to check out our socials to uh, if you would like to keep up with us on the gameplay. And, um, you know, if you are keeping up with us and you'd like to be a part of the podcast, please reach out to us on any of our social, social media accounts. On Twitter, we are uh, at critical underscore HP and uh, Facebook and Instagram. Actually, Facebook is uh, HP Critical and Instagram is HP Critical Gaming. And I'm going to let Brandon take us out. Yeah, no problem. 
So as Jerome mentioned, our socials, you can keep track with us, track of anything that we're doing there. And of course, uh, reach out to us on those social medias. If you need to talk with us about anything, tell us your progress, FF10, or just anything else. But of course, this is all part of our website, h3critical.com. So we have articles written by writers every single day on gaming, entertainment, movies, shows, anime, books, and all that stuff. And again, daily updates. So definitely come check out hpcritical.com for all that good stuff. You want to support our content? We got an eight, we got a Patreon that we started this month. You can support us at patreon.com slash hpcritical. You can get goodies like bracelets, stickers, and we're going to have even more rewards for you guys in the future. You'll be able to influence streams. You may have spots on a podcast just like this one that we're doing right now. And we got more planned that we'll be revealing in the future. And last but not least, if you uh, go to the website, hbcritical.com, you can sign up for our newsletter. You'll get monthly emails on our top-rated articles, stream schedules, podcasts like this one, tournament info, Patreon info. And for if you're already supporting us on Patreon, you'll even get thank you notes every single time a newsletter comes out. So if you like us, go ahead and give us support at patreon.com slash hbcritical. Thank you, thank you. And um, speaking of those Patreon members, I definitely want to give them a shout-out on this podcast right now. Um, for oh, me. go for it for being uh, Patreon members. So, special thank you goes out to... Um, Belinda, Brianna, Clarence, Grayson, Joe, John, Chris, uh, Miss Platinum 305, Shania, Stephanie, Tamia, Toy, and Tia. Thank you guys for being uh, Patreons to our website. Uh, we're super, super thankful. It allows us to continue to do these things um, that we are passionate about and love to do. So thank you so much. Um, as Brandon mentioned, we are still, um, you know, accepting Patreon members. So please, you know, help us out. Thanks. <laughs> anyway. Um, <laughs> Thank you guys for listening to another JRPG podcast. Be sure to uh, follow our show, as I mentioned before, to make sure you keep up with us. And if you want to be a part of this, uh, you know, reach out to us, of course. And we are hopefully looking to finish this game for sure before the year ends. And we'll definitely be taking, you know, suggestions or submissions for the next game that we play throughout our JRPG Club um, uh, program. So thank you all for listening, and we will talk to you next time. Bye, everyone. Bye, everyone. Peace.